Hey, everybody. Joe Diesel here. Welcome back to Joe Diesel's Half Hour of Power. Uh, I have Jesse here with me again. You there, Jesse? I'm here. All right. This week we're going to be talking about the uh, Lords of Salem, which we both watched this afternoon. We'll be uh, talking a little bit about Rob Zombie's four other films. Uh, But first, uh, right before we get to that, I need to apologize again because... Last week I said there that we were going to be talking about Games of Thrones, but uh, at the time I didn't realize Lords of Salem was coming out the next weekend, and I spoke too soon on that, so we are definitely going to get to Game of Thrones, but I couldn't pass up talking about the Lords of Salem this weekend. And uh, one other thing, uh, the topic we did last week was actually suggested to us by one of our listeners. And uh, I would just like to throw out there that uh, any topic uh, you might want to want to hear us talk about, uh, just send us topic suggestions. We're open to topic suggestions and things like that. What movies would you like to hear us uh, discuss or aspect of movies or filmmaking or whatnot. But uh, anyway, uh, let's just jump right into this because uh, this, again, is a big topic and there's a lot to talk about here. <laughs> right, Jesse? With that, yes, sir. Okay, so we saw the Lords of Salem today, and uh, that's not his first film. What's, uh, what's Rob Zombie's first film? Uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah, House of a Thousand Corpses. Uh, House of a Thousand Corpses came out April 11, 2003, officially. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a great cast. I mean, you got Sid Haig, Bill Mosley, Sherry Moon Zombie, Karen Black. Among a bunch of other people. I mean, these guys are. I mean, Sid Haig, really, uh, I. What's that? It really shocks me when I find out that uh, Rain Wilson, the guy who plays Dwight on The Office, was in that as a college student. Yeah, exactly. I was going to get to him next. That's that's the first place I remember seeing him. Was right yeah. there, and uh, you got uh, and Sid Haig, of course, is from. Uh, the film I remember Sid Haig from the most before these, you know, Devil's Rejects and House of Thousand Corpses is Spider Baby. Yeah. You know what? I, I always remember him from Jason Starkman, that old 70s uh, hit show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's got a good cast. You got Karen Black. She's been around a while. Uh, horror fans yeah. know her. Uh, horror fans know Bill Mosley. He's been around for a while. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, the um, interesting thing, I remember when that was coming out, you know, when I heard that that was coming out, Rob Zombie had made it, you know, I heard some of his music and knew that he really loved uh, horror films and things like that. So, me, I got excited about it, I was like, oh, great, a horror fan is going to make a horror film. Now, sometimes mm-hmm. that can go both ways, but he had directed yeah. a lot of his uh, music videos, you know, and he had, he had designed a uh, Haunted Maze attraction for Universal Studios which is what led to this film actually getting made, was uh, he told Universal he's going to make a balls-to-the-wall horror film. And that's what he made. And uh, when they saw it, they were like, oh, I don't know if we really want to release this, because they're afraid of getting like an NC-17. <laughs> NC-17 is death, uh, death rating yeah. for a movie. Oh, yeah, it, it, it definitely is. So that thing sat on the shelf for... Two years, three years, maybe. I think two. I think two. Because Lionsgate was uh, just starting up, 
And uh, the horror movies are always a great starter uh, kit for a new company starting up. Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, uh, horror films really is what built Universal in the first place. Yeah, that's what built Lionsgate. That and Saw movies. <laughs> yeah, Saw, so, yeah, exactly, yeah. So, uh, but Universal was good enough to uh, let him uh, have the movie back, or, or he bought the rights back so he could sell it, right? Yeah. I think um, what happened and, uh, is, I think what happened is they told him if he could find another house that was willing to uh distribute it that they'd allow them to pay them back the cost of production. Yeah. Yeah, there yeah. And uh yeah. it's it uh I, the first uh, trailer for it I remember seeing actually had the Universal logo on. It was actually a Universal trailer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's very true. Uh, that's anyway, when, yeah, when, when that finally came out, that finally came out, and I finally saw it. I thought it was pretty good. It it seemed to me at the time. I remember this after seeing it. it was like uh, it really felt to me like it was a his own version of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre with uh, more supernatural elements thrown in. Yeah. Um, I remember when I thought when I first saw I I, I enjoyed it. But it is a messy, messy film. You got to admit that. Oh yeah, I do. Yeah, there's there's a lot that could be uh, shored up on that, most definitely. Yeah, but other than that, I thought it was a pretty decent debut film. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the mistakes that are in that movie are first-time director mistakes, and you know, um, not being now I haven't done it before. I, I can excuse those mistakes, but he did a very good job on that movie. It was it was quite ex, it was quite good. Oh yeah. So what uh, what was the, his follow up film? Uh, that would be the sequel to that, which was the uh, Devil's Rejects. Devil's my- Rejects came out in two thousand and five, July twenty second, two thousand and five. So wonderfully enough, that was a summer film. <laughs> <laughs> it's a much better film. It, it deserves to be a summer film. It's, it's kind of a popcorn exploitation film. Yeah, I, I agree. That one, he uh, improved upon what he had done in the House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah. I, 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 what I really enjoyed about that is the outlaw feeling of uh, the fireflies in that one, where they're uh, more about them trying to escape this crazy police guy who they're afraid is going to murder them all because he's as crazy as they are. And he's as crazy as they are because they made him as crazy as they are. <laughs> yeah, that that was played by William Forsythe, and he turned in an excellent performance. Oh, my Lord, yeah. He is the best part of that film. Yeah. <laughs> he is oh, he's amazing in that movie. And, you know, he has those little moments where you can see he still has his humanity left in him, and then he knows he has to trade that away. And... Kind of makes him a little bit of a tragic figure. Yeah, I think you're right about that. It kind of does. He's a uh, he, he does a good job portraying both of those. But we got the rest of the cast. We got returning cast: uh, Sid Haig, Bill Mosley, Cherry Moon Zombie, mm-hmm. and we got uh, Ken Forhays in it this time. Well, he's a is he a pimp? Is that what he was in the movie? Yeah, he's their he's their buddy. <laughs> yeah, he owns the brothel. He owns, uh, he owns the brothel, yes. Yeah. And also you have Danny Trigio and uh, Diamond Dallas Page. 
Yes, it, it, it's like all good sequels. They have to get bigger, and they have to expand upon what the, st- the first story was and make it bigger, and bring you more to that world. Um, Bill Mosley in both those films is, I think he's highly underrated as an actor, but he is highly frightening in both films. You really, really think that guy is a serial killer? I, I was trying to watch yeah. him for his because I would be afraid he'd stab me in the throat and watch me die. Yeah, I, I, I've not met him, but I have seen him at uh, Horror Hound Weekend. And yeah. uh, I didn't know if I should walk up to his table uh, or not. Joe, his eyes are like creepy as hell. They they are, and he uses those to great effect. You got that one right. Yeah. Uh, there's some other cast members here that uh, I think are interesting, and horror fans will find them interesting, too. You got... Uh, P.J. Souls, we know that name. You got Michael Berryman, who's also mm-hmm. in there. And some people might know this, especially fans of uh, Mr. Show's Bob and Dave, Brian Potion. <laughs> if I'm saying that name right. Potion? Posen, I think it is. Posen. Yeah, he's, uh, he's not in it that long, but, you know, he's there. <laughs> That's the perfect movie for him, though. Not only is he a big fan of horror movies, but... He's a big fan of heavy metal, which, you know, Rob Zombie's side career, or I guess his main career, being the rock star he is. Brian Posen's really into those two things. Uh, but that's a really good movie. Um, like I said, William Forsythe's great in it. Bill Mosley's good in it. Uh, Sid Hay, Ken Foray. I would love to say that I like Cherry Moon Baby in those movies, but she does a high-pitched squeal voice of hers in that, and it's really annoying. Yeah, yeah, it gets that way there. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, it, it opened to uh, pretty good uh, reviews. Even uh, Roger Ebert actually gave it a good review. That's a good movie. I, yeah. I mean, he, uh, the thing I will say for Roger Ebert is that even if he thought it was a gross, disgusting movie, if he would acknowledge if it was good or not. If it, he always says that the movie does what it tends to do and is entertaining, then it's a, at least a good film. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And uh, one more thing here. Uh, Stephen King voted Devil's Reject his ninth best uh, movie of 2005. Yeah. Stephen King always does his little list, and uh, that seems right, right up his alley, though, that kind of movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, what's uh, his next movie, Rob Zombie? I know he's made more. Anything uh, of note after that? Huh? What was that? The Halloween remake? Did he do that? <laughs> yeah. uh, well, well, I mean, honestly, Joe, if that movie's not Halloween, that movie's called, let's say, The uh, Mass Killer, it's not a bad film. What makes that movie a bad... What, what's wrong with that movie is it's trying to explain Michael Myers, and that's something that should never happen. Yeah, I agree with that. It uh, all by itself, if it's not called Halloween, it it really is. It's a pretty solid film. Yeah. But uh, yeah, trying to explain Michael Myers uh, to me seems to make him a little bit less scary. Oh yeah, and you know, honestly, uh, the other thing is that um, with his back history today show, you want a little sympathy for him. Like, well, I understand why he's a bastard. His dad was really, really horrible. <laughs> 
who was pulled by William Forsythe, who sadly does another great performance <laughs> as a rotten yeah. piece of crap. Yeah, he's a. You're, you're right about that. He does, and you know, look at the cast there. You had uh, Daniel Harris also in that, who uh, is a Halloween alumni, who played uh, his niece. Yeah. Um, in uh, four and five, and you had Brad Dorff, who's he's just great in everything. I mean, that guy, uh, Taylor yeah, Maine, who played for Halloween. I mean, Michael Myers, <laughs> Malcolm yeah. McDowell was uh, Dr. Uh, Loomis, and I thought Michael McDowell was a good choice, but ultimately, uh, especially with the sequel, I got disappointed with his character. Yeah. I, I, I kind of saw that Michael McDowell in that first movie, The Halloween, he was kind of wasted. Uh, I don't know if he should have been in it more. I don't feel if that's right, but I, I kind of feel like Rob Zombie knew that nobody was going to be able to stand up to Donald Pleasant's. So he kind of downplayed Loomis in that movie. Maybe he did a little bit, because for me, the, the reason to watch uh, 4, 5, and 6 Halloween is because I like what Donald Pleasance is doing. Yeah. He was a fabulous actor, and Michael Bell has a lot to live up to. And I, I, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy, that kind, that kind of uh, pressure. Uh, yeah, exactly, yeah. One of the things I really like about the Hollywood movie is the same thing that Dario Gento said about uh, when he made Deep Red. He uh, murders in there. They always feature something that you as a uh, person would have felt, like hot water burning you in Deep Red. Like the scene in uh, Halloween where he's taking that girl across the hardwood floor on her bare skin. And mm-hmm. I know you can feel that because it's something that you've done before, you know, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, uh, Halloween. Uh, yeah. Look, uh, he made a sequel to Halloween, and I know you didn't see Halloween too. No. I saw Halloween too, and I was severely disappointed with Halloween too. And um, unfortunately, that's all we're going to be able to say about Halloween too right now, because uh, we are actually up against a break right now. So uh, oh. we got to give some time to our sponsors. Is your village or commonwealth plagued by witches? Are you tired of lackluster torture techniques that garner half-hearted confessions to witchcraft? You need the Witchfinder General. The Witchfinder General combines all the classic torture techniques into one handy household appliance. You'll never hear, Don't dress me like this. I'm not a witch. I'm not a witch. Ever again. The Witchfinder General. Use the Iron Maiden function to get that confession in no time. Use the thumb screws to make that witch crack. Ground them, burn them, flay them, draw and quarter them, stretch them on the rack, all at the same time. The Witchfinder General does it all. You will always get enthusiastic confessions to practicing black magic with the Witchfinder General. Witches will run to your door to confess their devil-worshipping, necromancing ways. Order now and receive the Judas Cradle upgrade absolutely free. Torture has never been this easy or fun with the Witchfinder General. Warning, the Witchfinder General Company is not responsible in the event that you fall into the Witchfinder General and mutilate yourself to death. The Witchfinder General was tested and approved by Matthew Hopkins. Okay, here we are. We're back again, and uh, uh, we covered all of Rob Zombie's movies. Now, let's just uh, do this 
real quick. Out of those four, which one's your favorite? Uh, the uh, first four is Devil's Rejects. The other films just... I mean, Halloween, like I said, Halloween might be a better film if it wasn't Halloween. So I'd say Devil's Rejects and... Uh, that'd, be the, that'd be my favorite, Devil's Rejects, yes. Well, I'm going to agree with that. That one, I think that one is uh, his best film out of those four. Um, now, he had a film open today, right? That is correct, The Lord of Salem. Yeah, The Lord of Salem. We both went to see that. Yes. Now, <laughs> I'm going to have to say, I am. I wanted to like it more, and I was a little bit disappointed in that, that movie. Well, uh, I will say this. I knew almost nothing about it except some basic plot points, because there has not been a lot of uh, publicity for it. Not a lot of commercials on TV or anything like that. Uh, the only reason I even knew about it was because of IMDb, uh, looking up something else, and I saw it on there. Uh, yeah. So I wasn't expecting a lot out of it. And honestly, it didn't deliver a lot either. It, it's a visually, visually the movie is fantastic. That's his best visual film. Yeah, I'd agree with that. The visuals in that film are awesome. I mean, it's got a great look. It's got great lighting. I think the sets are great. Um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of uh, what he does with the camera, I think, is good. Um, he yeah. said in an interview that he was trying to, uh, like, channel or combine, like, a, a Ken Russell movie and a uh, Stanley Kubrick movie. And did he name Blansky, too? He said Blansky, too, yeah. I think I, he did that. I, th- I think he combined all that. Yeah, the visuals were, were quite fabulous. They are fantastic. But... There are a lot of problems with the uh, story in the film, and uh, his characters weren't as uh, good as they have been in the past. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree with that. Uh, i say at least one thing about this movie. If you want to see, at least the, the opening was really great with the, the witches there. Yeah. And as I was watching that, it reminded me of, obviously, Polanski's Macbeth. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, especially because they all got naked. Yeah, that really uh, so that, uh, yeah, he um, he overdid that. Cause after they took off their clothes in that opening, they never put them back on. And God knows we wanted them to. That's right. Those old witches were pretty much nude the rest of the movie whenever you saw them, right? <laughs> yeah. The problems with the movie, to uh, me, are that, the peasant story, the story of set the present, wasn't that interesting. It wasn't as interesting as the stories in the past with the actual uh, Lord of Salem, the actual witches. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of problems with the movie, uh, even in the visuals. I, I, I didn't understand all the. Uh, he has a lot of Catholic icons in it, and a lot of Catholic uh, representations, but. The witches that were burnt in Salem, they were burnt by Puritans. They had nothing good Catholicism at all, but it seems like all his visuals based around religion were based around Catholicism for some reason. Yeah, and I don't know if they, if that's done because uh, it looks cooler or, you know, I don't know. Like, uh, for instance, uh, when she goes into that little chapel, mm-hmm. the rest, that's a neat little chapel. Um, yeah. It's obviously a uh, little Catholic chapel, and uh, mm-hmm. the 
Priest comes out, and I'm looking at him going, well, he looks a little bit overdressed. What's he doing wearing that red uh, sash? He looks like a cardinal to me or something. Yeah. And when he uh, he goes to the altar, and he, he's behind the altar, and he bows or genuflects, kneels to the crucifix. And uh, when Catholics do that, they're actually genuflecting to the Blessed Sacrament. And I didn't see where it was up there. I don't know if it was under the crucifix or what. On there, I couldn't tell that it was there. But, you know, just little things like that I would think would be uh, would be a little bit more interesting rather than just throwing that stuff in there just to throw it in there. And I, I'm not saying that he did that. And, you know, we don't know that he that was thrown in there just to be in there. But, you know, yeah, just I little pity things like that. That, that scene really felt like it had no purpose even really. Just It was just another hallucination for her. And it really didn't, I, I really didn't see the far point in that. It's like, well, what's that, how's that supposed to reflect upon the rest of the film? Because it really did, and it just seemed to be there for no reason. Because he followed it with another hallucination right afterwards. So it's like, okay, yeah. she's just hooping a lot. Yeah, she was going down a, uh, a uh, downward spiral very fast. Yeah. In that movie, pretty much after uh, after it started, and uh, there's it's it's I mean just to give the basic plot I mean it's got it's the basic uh, the devil's going to have a child delivered into the world right and you know these witches are going to help him in there's a lot you know there's a lot of films like that um, I mean obviously you got the Omen <laughs> yeah. That, that's one, I mean, uh, and, and a lot of movies about evil witches. Um, yeah. Let's just uh, look at a couple of them here. You got, what, what do you think the top grossing uh, witch horror film is? Uh, I, I believe I said I thought it was The Craft, just because it was the most modern one I can remember. Yeah, according to Box Office Mojo, you got, let's see, The Blair Witch Project is number one grossing. The Witches of Eastwick is two, Bewitched is three, Hensel and Gretel so far is four, and Practical Magic is five. And, uh, you know, that's box office mojo. But some of these lists we're looking at, you know, we got you got to be careful because some of these guys would put on their lists, uh, um, oh, my gosh, they, anything that had a witch character in it, they put on their list. Yeah. <laughs> Every yeah. Harry Potter film they had on their list. And let's just go to a horror film site, you know, for what we were looking at. This is horror uh, movie site. Wicker Man, they got ranked as number one. Suspiria, number two. Pumpkinhead, three. Blair Witch, four. And five, you got The House of the Devil. Now, we were talking about that before. That's a pretty good uh, top four list, at least. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, I would not have House of the Devil anywhere near a top anything list. That is a horrible, horrible movie. Uh <laughs> Black Sunday should be in the top five. Uh, Devil Rides Out, of course, I mentioned it before. It should be on the, in the top uh, top ten. Uh, well, yeah, uh sequel to the Scary Inferno is a top tenner, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. Look who we want today. Hey, we got a caller here. See Hello. what's shaking. Hey, caller, you're on? Hey, Joe, what's going on? Tim, hey Tim, how you doing? Oh, you know, living it up. <laughs> so, did you uh, run out there and watch the Lord of Salem today? I, I most certainly did at like around two o'clock this afternoon. 
Oh, great. So what do you think? You know, uh, I don't feel like I can give an unbiased opinion because I absolutely love Rob, love Rob Zombie so much, but uh, I enjoyed it up until about the last, like, 20 minutes. I was kind of like, I didn't know what was going on. There was, like, like you guys said before, there was, like, so many weird potholes and stuff like that. Like, what, where did the friends go? Why aren't they trying to help her? Just, you know, just that weird stuff that was going on, like, the last 20, 30 minutes. Yeah, you bring up a good point. Uh, where did King Foray go? What was he doing? Yeah. I mean, was he not really a good friend? or What's that? Yeah, he was my favorite part of the movie. If you look in the middle of the movie, uh, I don't want to spoil too much, but whenever she comes in and everybody thinks she's high, uh, he looks really mad. Like, I'm not sure if he's mad about the job or mad that his friend's back on drugs, but he was he was very believable, and then he was just kind of like, I'm going to let her go. Yeah. <laughs> his character felt wasted. He felt like the character felt like he was wasted in it, that he should have been yeah. should have been more. Yeah, he uh, he was definitely uh, just kind of there in this movie. Yeah, I will agree with that. So, uh, Tim, uh, what would you uh, what would you rate your favorite Rob Zombie movie? Uh, Devil's Rejects by far. Even after Lords of Salem. Yes, still Devil's Rejects by far, just because uh, <laughs> Bill Mosley. Bill Mosley and Sid Hager just they were amazing in both both movies together and then Devil's Reject kind of brought it full circle with the amazing storyline and the end of it was it left me very puzzled cuz you know you're wanting the killers to get caught and then at the end of it you're like I kind of don't want them to I want them to win cuz this other guy's kind of gone off the deep end Yeah that that is a, that the, the finale of that uh, Devil's Rejects when you talk about the uh, finale of Lord of Salem, the finale of Devil's Reject, though, feels satisfying, though, in a way. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, they should go out like that. That's the way they should go out. But the Lord of Salem, you, you don't feel satisfied. I don't think you feel satisfied at the end of the movie. You're just like, okay, whatever. You know, it's like, let's just leave the theater. <laughs> or let's go. I think my wife said it best. I, was, I didn't know what was going on, and then she's like, it's a tree, baby. And then <laughs> at the end of the movie, we're both sitting there like it popped up with like the end credits, and I'm just I'm sitting there like what? <laughs> I didn't I didn't yeah. know what to say. Like it's over. <laughs> yeah, but the uh, final shots of that movie are so perplexing. It's like why in the heck are we even watching this now? What's going on? <laughs> Was it her and the dog? What's yeah. Yeah, I'd expect more. I wonder if uh, most people were perplexed after seeing the end because it, uh, yeah, like you said, it, uh, I agree. It definitely wasn't really a, that satisfying of an ending. I mean, what she uh, what she possessed now was, uh, you know, I mean, she gave birth to like an alien kid, face hugger thing. Is that thing going to grow <laughs> up and be that? You know, that little burned-up midget guy that we saw earlier in the movie? Uh, what is that thing? <laughs> yeah, I, I was reading a review, uh, interview earlier of Rob Zombie, and he said that his friend said it best. He said at the end of the movie, it was kind of like, that was weird. Actually, that was that was more than weird. It's it's even more weird than that. And I was like, <laughs> that, that sums it up. That sums it up. Yeah. 
It's got some really good vision, visuals in it. The uh, imagery is quite uh, profound in it. But I, I, you know, honestly, I would rather see a whole entire movie about the, the original Lords of Salem, those original seven witches being hunted down by that witch hunter. Yeah, though, those flashback scenes were great. Yeah. Especially when, that, uh, not to spoil the movie for anybody, but when the witch was spitting on that baby, I couldn't help but laugh. <laughs> Yeah, because you knew it wasn't a real baby. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, uh, Tim, uh, thanks for calling in and giving your uh, thoughts on the Lord of Salem and Rob Zombie movies. Um, these movies are actually too big for 30 minutes. <laughs> and we are actually up against the end again. So uh, thanks, everybody, for listening to uh, Joe Deedle's Half Hour of Power. And uh, next week... I don't know if I should say this, but uh, next week we're going to have a show. So <laughs> what that is, that. is uh, a show. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> and that's to be determined. We will see you next next time.